Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. I don't think there's anything better than a baseball movie. Love a baseball movie. I think this, rewatching this, it really just brought tears to my eyes about how incredible the game of baseball is. The Great American Pastime. Uh, the Great American Pastime. Um, this film specifically, I feel like captures a specific energy that baseball movies kind of all strive for. It's the perfect balance between Americana, nostalgia, yes. you know, yearning for more for your life, your career, or looking back upon what you once had um so i guess like should we just write baseball movies? yeah let's talk about some of the hit baseball movies of all time a hit well oh, oh knock that one out of the park baby disgusting is this gonna be hit the cream cheese out of that one as they say in this movie oh that's see, that's <laughs> not i don't think that's a baseball that's not term i don't i've never heard of that in my see, life you know all of the baseball i know i know too much baseball so i'm so gonna should we just, you i'm just gonna lay the groundwork here so we know going into it yeah growing up i have played baseball since I was a, a wee lad, coming Aww. out of the womb, baseball. That's all I know. That's my favorite sport. It's the greatest. It's the greatest sport. Like, look, ride or die for Boston sports, but baseball is the number one. You have to um, ride or die for Boston sports. I would lay down my life for like the Boston Red Sox. Yes. And we're gonna talk about it more next week. Yes. But anyways, but yes, baseball. But you, did you play any baseball? I actually did play baseball when you I was a little it. baby. I was on. It wasn't. It was a step up from t-ball. So, so it like, wasn't T-ball, but I was like, on a like little league team. Yeah, I guess it was Little yeah, League. Little league yeah. yeah. I'm from a very, very small town in New Hampshire, so I don't think it was sanctioned Little League. It was more like, I don't know. Off we have all league. these kids. Let's just get them <laughs> together. Throw them in the woods. <laughs> see what knows? happens. What, what was your position? Uh, catcher. You were a Just like this, Dottie. Oh my. Wow. This yeah. does explain a lot. How about you? Kind of moved all over the place, but primarily was like third center, like that range. So like, you can run. Could run. Yeah, exactly. Like primarily was more into hitting though. Like my thing was hitting. Hell um, yeah. I think the biggest thing was like loved baseball when I was too young though. My ADHD came out to play. So when I was like really young, I would get distracted in the outfield. So they were like, okay, we can't have him there. So like, let's put him in the infield. Okay. Then he can like also hit too. Cause he can focus there. Yeah. And so was... then it was like, as I got older, I was like, oh, okay. So I can focus in this position, you know, mm -hmm. cause you know, baseball isn't the most, you know, energetic. It's pretty boring unless you're not super boring. into it. It is not boring. It's a little boring. It's a little boring. But there's, is there, there's nothing better than going to the baseball field, walking up the steps, the light whooshes out the tunnel. You see the green field, the smell of hot dogs, popcorn in the air. Jordan <sighs> is so happy right now. I do think I that this baseball <laughs> so much. <laughs> I feel you, man. I do. I do think that baseball movies of many sports movies do a great job sort of capturing that feel because it's a little yes. bit more you know it's not a sport you, where you need a ton of equipment it's no. kind of like a you backyard a sport yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, there, it's a little more down and dirty i think it is it the best sport of all the sports is it the best sport for movies i feel like boxing gets the most just because it's the easiest to throw one character as like the main yeah. character for boxing yeah but i feel like baseball movies are the pinnacle of what a sports movie should be if that makes sense i think if you're a thinking man you like baseball if you're if you basic a, if you, you like big brain if you're basic you like football movies mm, okay yeah. so like the rudies etc yeah but the, the blind sides exactly the titans the, uh, yeah. well look remember the titans great i mean it's film. great but 
but you know yeah i also i have a weird affinity for track and cross country movies because that was my Ooh. high school sport i mean there's oh, none of them wow. out there what, give me like one there's basically chariots, chariots of, of fire, fire. <laughs> and uh what's the one with kevin costner where he tries to train like a bunch of poor kids basically to run track i'm sure it's like the longest it's called, mile like, or something Green like that field or something of yeah sure it's it's honestly it's not that bad there's one good like marathon movie that i don't know the name of it but it's there's one yeah one good marathon film again there should be a marathoning movie why is there no movie specifically about marathon running oh we'll put it on because the it is it is it's you're running it's pretty boring. alone for four and a half i mean hours. there is stronger if you want to count I that would, <laughs> i would not count that as a marathon movie there's a marathon in it anywho um, ranking baseball movies ranking give baseball. me should i give my, should i give you mine yes because i don't have them in any particular order i'm okay. just kind of listing the greats so i have mine in a specific order oh okay uh so the number one greatest baseball film of all time is field of dreams uh that's incorrect uh no it's not the greatest baseball movie of all time is a league of their own okay Tied for first, A League of Their Own and Field of Dreams. Um, but Field it. of Dreams, I'm sorry. Like, just imagine your father asking you, you know, just to play a game of catch. I hate you so much. Do you ever start <laughs> crying on the spot? Because I do. Um, okay, so that movie, number one, Field of Dreams. Sure. Number two, League of Their Own. Fair. Number three, The Sandlot. I mean, wow, ultimate childhood yes. nostalgia. Obviously, it's not a great film, but that movie whips. Iconic. You're number killing four, me, Smalls. Uh, you're killing me, Smalls. Number four, The Natural. Mm-hmm. Number five, Bull Durham. Yeah, Incredible film. And then coming in number six and seven and eight. Actually, number six and seven tied. Everybody wants some um, in Moneyball. However, those are like the rankings of like baseball films in terms of like how they make me feel about baseball. Yeah. But if I were to rank as films themselves, everybody wants some. Um, and Moneyball would be like my number one and two, I think. It's if that makes sense. Yes, so it's like there's it a, does. I think there's a difference in ranking a baseball film versus ranking the film as it in general. Well, yeah, it's like, is this your favorite movie, or do you think it's the movie that is technically made the exactly. best? Exactly. Yeah. Like I always put my favorites at the top because I feel more strongly about mm. them, even if they're not considered like, you know, the great. classically a great See, I respect movie. that. I need to do that more because if I was gonna be real, everybody wants them would be like the number one baseball film of all time. Yeah. But it's like just like the number one guys hanging out having some beer kind yeah of movie, you have you know? to give respect but um i'm sorry jordan you forgot the actual greatest baseball movie of all time where are you going with this fever pitch oh <laughs> somebody call 911 because i am leaving fever that pitch. movie is a train wreck and a disaster. That movie is so bad. I and really dislike that film. So good. But here's, I knew you would hate that movie. Here's the thing. How are you going to make a film about the Boston Red Sox with two Yankee leads? I know. It's really upsetting. How are you going to make a film in the year 2004 in which the Red Sox break the curse of the Bambino starring Jimmy Fallon? I know. Of all the Boston actors that are like my entire Was Ben Affleck brand. not available? Was Matt Damon not available? Yeah. Was I know. anybody else not available? I'd take a Donnie Wahlberg I over look a Jimmy Fallon. I would take Donnie Wahlberg over. Maybe that's the next thing is inserting Donnie Wahlberg into movies where we'd rather someone else. Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> where could Donnie Wahlberg fit in a league of their own? Ooh, maybe the Lovitz part? A completely Probably. different role. But Lovitz like kind of knocks it out of the park and is maybe the MVP of this. Oh, he's not so the MVP, good. but like 
uh, he's the MVP of the first No, act. I actually would argue that he is the MVP because his performance from this is so well-remembered and yes. he's barely in it. He's giving everything that I love about supporting male actors' performances in period dramas where they're just like, hey, I'm going to make you an offer. We're going to go make the movies. We're going to be in a baseball league. Yeah, he's, you know, he's that like is cr- the vibe. He's a cross between an auctioneer and like a reluctant salesman who's like i guess i have to bring these girls to chicago because it's my job right but whatever it's great like he he's gets so there good. he drops them off at the field and he's like go goodbye <laughs> i hate just, when they get attached to me the movie and <laughs> That's he does it. not return he never returns oh my god it's incredible i love this movie when what what was your affinity when did you meet it when um, to, when, when did you like meet this film? I know. Well, okay. So let's let's say we are talking today about 1992's A League of Their Own, directed by Penny Marshall. The one and only. What a classic. We love Penny Marshall. Jordan's wearing a Penny Marshall shirt. Yep. I think this is the thing now is we're establishing we like to brand ourselves during the app. <laughs> For this audio For this medium. Aud- yes, exactly. Like, I don't think it's ever going to happen. But my goal was to have a piece of merch from every film that we cover yeah it's almost impossible i think if we get everyone to band together and get you branded gifts for the rest of your life we can make it happen i think it's possible yeah, yeah. i mean like the thing is like some of them would be like a dvd or a shirt or a poster i could you're doing good make so it far happen. yeah no we're, we're on a good streak yeah um, um but we haven't yeah introduced ourselves i know i well i was about to well fine <laughs> how about you introduce us then okay i will Hi, I'm Brooke Solomon. I'm Jordan Gustafson. Uh, we're friends. We're pals. We love talking about cinema. We love talking about being queer. We love talking about queer cinema. Um, so we decided to talk about it on mic. And this movie is definitely queer. So gay. Oh Very. my God. Honestly, this kind of falls into the realm of movies that should have been more explicitly gay, should have but been it's gay, yes. pretty implicitly it is. gay. And this thing, uh, this is also carrying the weight of historical context to it like there was a lot of history caked into this being a queer film like you know there are your george of the jungles where it's like oh this was like a queer like film for me blah 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 and like this is that energy that's exactly what this is like this is yeah it doesn't have a lot of queerness on the surface or and it doesn't seem like it was trying to hint at something totally below the surface either it was kind of like an accidental queer hit but almost Every girl that I've talked to that watched this movie growing up was like, oh, yeah, this was the movie that made me realize that I wasn't straight. And uh, I can include myself in that group. You love it. I This was a big childhood movie for me. I think I That's watched one it. One of the few. I know. One of one the, of the few. What, three? How many movies did you choose as a kid? Four? Five? Was five. It? I would say five a films solid total? Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and That's this was one of them. Mm-hmm, like, you cool. think that I'm kidding when I'm not. No, I know. <laughs> um, but this was definitely one of them because this movie is super wholesome. And, you know, it's it's it clean is. enough that when you're a kid, some of, like, the more lewd lines just totally fly over your head. Totally. And then, um, like, the pissing scene, you're like, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, totally safe to just throw it on and, like, leave your oh kids. God, and it's yeah. two plus hours. It's a long film. Super engaging. Um, It's great. But, yeah, no, I remember very vividly sitting in my living room watching this movie and being like there's something happening maybe like 12 oh my god 12. so you were like right in the hot spot yeah where i was like hmm i'm watching Gina davis catch a baseball with her bare hands i'm thinking and about something here the wheels are turning <laughs> i am not as straight as, as I, I think I am. I was. Mm. she just you were uh, the log line for this show i was like gina davis in this movie oh my god is transcendent I can't, I can't put it into it's words. It's hard to describe. Because, like, she's femme and a little bit butch at the same time. She's just 
looked so beautiful, but she's mm-hmm. like strong and capable. And you kind of like look up to her because she's the star of the team. But you're also like, I really just want to smooch you a little bit. Oh, just a little peck on the cheek. Oh my God. She is, I think uh, she is a star. And this is one of those, I mean, like she obviously had a career before this Beetlejuice, Tootsie, The Fly, you know, like she, the accidental tour, like she was. Thelma and Louise was the Thelma, year before. Yeah, right, freaking Thelma and Louise. Like she is, com- she is a hot star coming into this. But this is again, one of those performances where you just watch and you're like, oh, this is a Hollywood movie act like this is a hollywood star she's incredible and she was cast really late into the process and she had to basically learn baseball in two weeks and she was apparently better than everyone on the team are we already been training for six months no she's just that good she's incredible she catches a baseball with her bare hands like seriously i can i like tense up every time that happens her quote about that is kind of hardcore where people were like asking her about it and she just goes it's the movies that's how i learned like that's awesome fuck yeah like yeah you learned for the films cool go jana davis god i love her she's incredible also a massachusetts person oh yeah born in wareham you love to see it classic uh, a lot of new we i'm just realizing we have just a lot of new england energy coming into this yeah um, and we really shouldn't because like next week it's gonna be overdrive you'll learn why beep beep soon. from from um <laughs> but gina davis i mean like one of the greatest actresses maybe of all time yeah but she burned so hot and fast for like no, I don't know, a huge five, 80s and 90s six years maybe it was long, a little longer than that it's, her years. tootsie comes out in 82 yeah, and then so Cutthroat Island is 95. And then she just has the story littles and then she's gone. Yeah. Cutthroat Island is, is the end. Yeehaw. It's, yeah. or I meant like ARG rather, I guess. Like a pirate. I've never seen it. I've I always wanted to. I feel like I would probably be into whatever Gina Davis I'm is doing sure in it. I'm sure you would. Yeah. When did you see this movie for the first time, you, by the it's, way? I think the most frustrating thing for me is when you know you've seen a film and you can never really place the first time you saw it. Yeah. Uh, and this was one of the ones because, again, I saw too many movies growing up. Um, my parents, my family, we were all huge baseball fans. And so this was kind of one of the ones that just always was on. Yeah. This is a big, like, I'm home at Christmas. Let's watch exactly. Like, movie. it's on TV a lot. It's so feel good. There's really nothing that can bother people no, in it. But at the same at time, it's a very, it's a very good movie. Yes. It's, which a, is it's a very hard to do. Very well made. Yeah. Not bland at all. No. And so, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I really wish I knew, but I couldn't tell you. It was one of the ones that I just saw and it just became a part of my life. And it really wasn't one that hit me as oh, this is a great film until much later in life. I think specifically like within the past four or five years where I started to realize a lot of the queer subtext to this where it kind of hit me more than I was like, oh, this is one of the greatest American baseball films of all time. Yeah. When Penny Marshall died recently, there was Mm. a great piece that came out that basically declared a league of their own is the greatest sports film ever made. I I respect that. Absolutely. I'm here for it. Could it be? I'm I think there's think definitely what are, an argument for what it. Are, it's like, hard the to other say. Big ones. Anything is empirically good ever, you know. Yeah. Like, like what is like the greatest film of all time? You yeah, know? exactly. I would say that probably Remember the Titans is up there, Chariots of Fire. If we're talking all of the boxing movies, like you mentioned. Ollie. I mean, there's a yeah. there's a, a raging bolt. I mean, how many? Box, there's yeah. there, there could be a whole podcast dedicated to boxing movies, and they wouldn't be done within like six years. Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. Um, I don't like boxing movies. I don't. <laughs> Jennifer's mind body quote i, was, I don't <laughs> like boxing movies i actually don't though i don't really find them that interesting do you just not like boxing yeah i don't know what I, is your go-to sport so i did track i was a sprinter in high mm-hmm. school in terms of what i like to watch for actual sports i really like the olympic sports like gymnastics and figure gymnastics. skating yeah the more the sort of kind of like dance mm-hmm. adjacent sports got you um but i actually really like to watch football 
Wow. I find football really interesting because I think the plays are interesting and I like to, I, you know, there's always something going on on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that baseball movies are my favorite sports movie. Great. Yeah. Good. They always have the best characters, you they know? Because right? you, it's... The it, underdogs. It, it gives you the ability to have so many players. No, like you, ha- you have ensemble cast, no matter what. Uh, you can have that with gymnastics, as would Stick It. Stick um, It. A great film. So good. I don't know. Sports movies are always like a little bit of a mixed bag because they tend to be, you know, very straight white male leaning. Oh, really? And even when you remove one of those, it's still like you kind of have the other two. Like there's yep. not a ton of diversity in sports movies. Like not we were talking lot. baseball movies. We didn't even mention 42, which right. is maybe like the one diverse baseball movie. Yep. Yeah, there's not a yeah, lot. Yeah, there's it's, really not a lot. I mean, baseball as a sport, it is, you know, the the history with baseball not being super diverse. And especially, I mean, this film too. Oh, Not we're really going to talk diverse. about it. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> um, should we do a little bit of forks and knifing on this? Because I feel like... <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> other than Gina Davis, who we've talked about, I mean, whose career recently, she's kind of started to pop up a little bit more in pop culture. Yeah, she's in TV now. She runs the Gina Davis Institute of Gender Media, which I love. It's really cool. Um, she highlights a lot of sort of like underground stuff. That's awesome. Um, she's sort of in like the Natalie Portman, Jessica Chastain camp mm-hmm. of like activism in Hollywood. Um, but yeah, she pops up every once in a while. She was in season three of Glow recently looking Whoa. fan fucking tastic that's really cool she's so good at do it do i have to watch glow is you it good? do it's really good talk about a great sports show i know ladies that's, wrestling well, that's wrestling yeah True. wrestling is I have super never interesting. Been into wrestling though i love wrestling i'd take this wrestling over so boxing any day because it's, it's about the theatrics it's about the, the, the fun yeah. of it i just don't see you know people punching the shit out of each other like boxing is just it's just not that interesting to me no dope i yeah. respect that i We'll give it a watch. We'll take a we'll take a stroll down Glow Lane. Um, so Penny Marshall, yeah. a great director, comes from Laverne and Shirley, a show that neither of us have seen. No. Um, but you know, uh, one of the biggest '70s shows of all time. She wins Golden Globes. Um, and then 1986, she makes her directorial debut with Jumping Jack Flash, which is a great movie. Oh yeah. Um, and then she goes from that to Big, and which is scores Tom makes an Oscar nom right off the incredible. bat incredible insane that he was nominated for that movie how old i'm sure how old do you know how old he was i'm uh, very young though 20s 23 he was uh, he's like kind of in that kira knightley camp where he's just been a star for so long that you, you forget that i don't know how old young. he is yeah um fun fact about big when i was about is it a big fact 12 or 13 i would not say it's a big Sorry. fact um i was in a musical theater production of big when there's, i was a kid what there's a musical is it good i don't no, I don't. Is I it don't like know. Shrek? I don't musical? remember. No, I mean, come on, it's not that bad. Well, that musical is actually very bad. There are some good movie musicals. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like a classic movie musical where they don't really. They basically just take the story and then mm-hmm. they insert songs. Like it's song. good. Is it like a pop song or like actual song song? No, like actual song. It's like it's a That's classic kind of, who musical. Who you? I played because it was you know an adult were you the production when big? I was a kid. I was not, <laughs> but I played the girl that he has a crush on when he's a kid, Amazing. which prompts him to like go, go get to the big. machine um, to go to go get. Big. Yeah. I was. 12 and she's supposed to be like 16 or 17 and she's oh supposed God. to be like a fully grown woman um and they like, had me, i am a woman they had me stuff my bra are you shitting me no that's a little ugh. i know they were like well i there's i i haven't seen the movie big in so long but i vaguely remember there being a bunch of lines about like she's got yeah. a great rack and that's why he's into her jesus um, big is like very shockingly very horny 
too horny. Because he has sex. He's a child. He's a baby in that movie. He's, and he it's, he's gets a literal it on with child. A grown woman. It's so bad. It's yeah. one of the movies where you can't really pick it apart. No, you don't want to. But a gr- great movie. We love it. It's fun. But also, uh, you yeah. know, Penny Marshall. I think that cemented her a lot as a director 100%. because, like, you direct an actor to an Oscar nom. That's yeah, awesome. It seals the deal for you. It yeah. shows that you have the chops. Um, and then she goes to Awakenings in nineteen. It's basically like every other year she's pounding out stuff 86 Mm -hmm. 88 90 and then 92 we get a league of their Their own own. her best movie which is the it's interesting it's the midpoint of her career it's kind of the pinnacle like she kind of just goes up it's like jumping jack flash great big great awakenings okay a league of their own she peaks and then from there it's just a renaissance man preacher's wife and writing cars with boys like okay and then a little bit of tv a very interesting career Yes. I mean, this is definitely the standout. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. This movie's so good. I actually, I, because this movie made a lot of money, which I think How is much? maybe it made $107 million domestic, 132 oh. worldwide. Let's see. Adjusted 236 domestic. Oh Are you kidding so me? So good on a budget of 40 mil, oh my which is God. actually pretty big. Yeah. I know. I wonder if the 40 mil was for getting the big names in this. Yes. But also I think because this was made in 1992, you have all those extras, you have mm-hmm. all those sets, you have incredible stuff to dress. You have to outfit four teams. Everyone. Yeah. Worth of 40s baseball players. Yeah. Yeah. And the buses and everything. Like. That makes sense. Yeah. That's huge. It's That's really wild impressive. though. Yeah. It's but, great. What if, I cannot believe this movie raked in that much. I know. But I think because it was so popular, it didn't get that much critical love. Mm. And I mean, I guess was it, it is. It wasn't panned though. No, but I mean, no Oscar noms. Right. Uh, Gina Davis was nominated for a Golden Globe as she should have been. Who, if you're going to nominate retroactively, who gets nominated? Gina? Gina. For like best actress? Gina for best actress. I think probably Tom Hanks. Yes. Pulls a best actor. Tom Hanks. I I could think Tom Hanks pulls and wins. No. I think Tom Hanks, I think this is one of his best performances. He's doing a lot in this movie. And it's great. I think this is one of Tom Hanks' best performances. I would give him an Oscar for this over uh, Forrest, Forrest Gump, Gump. Oh, any day. I mean, I would give him an Oscar for literally anything. Over Forrest Gump, I'm yeah. staring at a, an ad for Greyhound right now, streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. I would give him an Oscar for that. Oh my God. Over that's Forrest so, Gump. That is mean. How did you feel about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? I liked it. <laughs> oh, that is scathing. I liked it. No, I get you. Um, I love Marielle Heller so much. Yeah. Um, The Diary of a Teenage Girl is one of a, cr- a great film. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't hit with me as much as I thought it would, but I think that it would have hit way more if I hadn't watched the documentary the, the before. year before because totally. the doc was so good. I get that. That is all I was thinking about. It's the same with um sense. on the basis of sex and the RBG doc. I was like, I think that I probably would have liked this movie more if I hadn't just seen the doc. And if they hadn't decided to go with their accents in that film, because they are bad. Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting for me when Tom Hanks is not so lovable yes. because he is like as like portrayed in that film as like a little bit bad and in toy story tom hanks has an energy that is not too likable some manic energy exactly and in a league of their own he's like a drunk and it's obviously people love tom hanks because he has this wholesome energy to him like the sleepless in seattle's you know what i mean like all these films where he is just so beloved um big he gets an offer big and he's just totally. playing this child like boy but I really like him in this because it does break from his character enough where he still retains sort of this innocence and this, you know, like American boy to him. But there is that underlying, you know, 
he's kind of gross. Yeah, I think what saves this character is that it's Tom Hanks. You're exactly. like, well, I can't hate him too much. Like it's if it was Tom a scutsy Hanks, guy in this role, it'd you just be terrible. Hate it. He has yeah. to have a little. He has to be able to play the humanity that's not on the page much more than all of the sort of crass stuff exactly. that's already there. Exactly. Do you think Tom Hanks is attractive in this movie? Here's the. Thing. I feel like you you alluded to it. Earlier. I did. I I think. It's weird. I will ask this question of so many people and I'll be like, is Tom Hanks hot? Um, and look, I understand he's cute. People think he's cute, adorable. You know, he has that like boy next door charm to him. I think he's kind of hot in this film. <laughs> Jordan. Yes. You know what? Like everyone's kind of hot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like David Shatheron, I'm kind of like, you're kind of good looking in this. And then Tom Hanks, I'm like, I kind of like you being a bad boy, even though you piss for 37 minutes. Lord. Uh, and then even Bill Pullman comes in and I'm like, Bill Pullman, you're cute. Oh, Bill Pullman is a cutie. Bill in Pullman this. is never not cute. I do not think that Tom Hanks is cute in this movie. I have been like attracted do you think he's cute in anything? to Tom Hanks in exactly one movie. Can I guess the film? Sure. Splash. No. Big. No. This. Definitely not. No. Uh, not Forrest Gump. Uh, you've got mail? No. But you're warm. I'm warm. Okay, so definitely not the post. No. <laughs> so you're saying Tom Hanks in the post is your sexuality. Okay. Daddy. So warm with you've got me out, not sleepless. Yeah. Oh, sleepless. Okay. He is like because he's like so grieving. he's grieving, but he I think I don't know maybe it's the combination of the hair and the sweaters, or maybe it's just he that he's kid. really sad, and I just want to cheer him up. But that is the one movie where I was like, yeah. I think I would date Tom Hanks because every other time Tom yes. Hanks particularly is in a rom-com. I'm like, so I'm you're sorry, t- you I'm just are not, not being attracted to him and you got mail. No. Oh my God. Are you serious? No. I mean, if I we're mean, talking like, who a- I'm attracted to in that movie, it's, it's Meg, Meg Ryan. Ryan. Uh, but no, I mean like he's not attractive and you've got mail, but he has this charm, especially towards the second half where they start flirting and he's like, Oh shit. Maybe I do like Meg Ryan. I'm all in on that. I know he is the definition of a nice boy. And Which is your type. Nice boy, you are you love we as as already shown on this podcast, <laughs> Brooke loves a nice boy. I love a nice boy. But he I don't know. I just he's not my type. He's not for I me. But okay. I think that he is so fabulous he's and great. adorable. Um but yeah, Sleepless in Seattle is That's the one is peak okay. Tom Hanks for me. Okay. But I mean, you are correct that everyone in this movie everyone is, is hot. hot. Yeah. Oh my god. No, insane um oh, it's stick a baseball uniform on anyone even these horrific skirt uniforms anyone in a baseball uniform looks better that's yes. just it's a, a cold hard fact there's nothing that could disprove that totally it's wild to me that how stacked this cast is it is top to bottom full of just stars yeah and just re- or like in it's either stars and or really great performances of people who then don't really have careers i would say the it's stacked top to bottom with performances yes. the actual star power is basically gina davis tom hanks madonna <laughs> madonna third bill i can't for what for she, how many seconds of screen time do you think total? I mean, she I mean, has not seconds, about minutes. the same as Rosie O'Donnell, which she should be fourth build. Right. I would accept that. But the fact that she's built above Lori Petty is absurd no, is because she and Rosie O'Donnell are On such the poster, a it's couple Madonna. in this. It's Madonna for no reason. I mean, let me tell you, Madonna looking A plus. Looking so good. I love when she's like, what, what if, you know, when? 
we're yep. playing. I just my, my blouse Boop. opens and, and my bosoms so come out. good. And then Rosie O'Donnell goes, "You think there are men in this country that haven't seen your bosoms?" A incredible. They're dating. I was just so they're dating. Yeah. Who? What is your breakdown of it? Are they both lesbian? Is one bi? Okay. Um, May is a bisexual icon because you know she she loves to get down. Loves with the boys. Loves the girls. Also loves the girls. I mean. Come on, Doris Rosie O'Donnell is a straight up lesbian. Yes. Her her boyfriend, quote unquote, from back home. She's like, yeah, you know, he treats me like shit, but none of the other boys like me, so I guess he's what I got. And then, no, you look like you want to say something. No, no, I'm agree. I'm. I was giving you the face of right. Yeah, and the team basically gives her the courage to come out. There's yeah. a, such a reading when she's like, you know, I am a good baseball player and I don't need to settle for this jerk. I Hell can yeah. date women instead. Yes. Like my best friend may Literally. they're dating and then they're married in the flash forwards. Yeah. I, I don't make the rules. I love it. No, I'm a hundred percent on board with this. Yeah. Even though they like explicitly go out of their way to be like, no, my husband, everyone is straight about it. on the surface of this yes. movie, but you Underneath, know, there's a lot going on. When you're queer, you can't let things like facts <laughs> stop you. It holds you back. You just can't live your life like that. No, you can't. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. I'm just thinking. How is Madonna third built in this? Madonna's film career is so wild. Her short-lived film career. Apparently, she was um a real pill on this movie. Uh, that's unfortunate. I know. Like apparently, so they shot you know across America and so many small towns, and some of the towns talked about it for years. They're like, oh yeah, I remember when they shot that movie. Madonna sucked. No. <laughs> I know. Do you want to talk about this movie? I feel like we should talk about, you know, do you want to talk about League of Their Own? Because, I mean, here's the thing. There's a lot of subtext to this film. Yes. Um, and I think there's a lot of subtext to baseball. And I think those are the things that we're going to get into. Because baseball is inherently a very, a very straight, skewed, like a lot of people assume baseball is, you know, like America's pastime. And with that, there's this sort of Bill Durham, Bull Durham, sorry, thing of you know men and like women and like there's like this male sexuality to it Mm -hmm. but underneath that baseball is such a very queer and sexual sport continue um i mean if you just look at it first base second base third base home like home run like those four things right off the bat are like tied to baseball sexuality and like literally there's a website i'm on that just breaks down baseball sexual metaphors uh talking about the strike zone between the thigh and the nipple uh the home dugout being your um bedroom the bullpen (laughs) masturbation home base having sex catcher's box anal like every single thing like any sort of baseball metaphor or word or position or anything related to baseball is tied to sexuality and has been so ingrained in our, I guess, like vernacular. Yeah, I truly like never thought about it, but it totally makes sense. Yeah, no, there's just like a wow. very, I mean, like holding a baseball bat is a very phallic thing. Oh, yeah, it's like that scene in High School Musical. Exactly. Literally, like men like putting their hands tops. on top of yeah. each other. Yeah, like it's just, there's this inherent sexuality to baseball, which I think is really fun. And like it's one of these things that not a lot of movies. Bull Durham sort of does it, but like a lot of movies don't dig into enough because they're afraid of getting into the sexuality of it because people don't want to talk about it. And it is the American pastime. It's a backyard sport. It's fun for the kids. It's like a whole good time for the family. But then everyone's just going to be like, oh, you get to first base with her? Exactly. It's it's wild. That's really interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I would love to see films or films sort of start to come to terms or talk about these things because it is super interesting and while this film what this film does is it takes 
women regaining control of, you know, a sexuality that's in baked within baseball, which is more male skewing. So it gives them the control of the sport, which is really cool. Definitely. And you would love to see like that then taken sort of in a queer POV. And just there's ways in which baseball can be explored when it's not just straight white male yeah. skewing. Yeah, I mean, sports are sort of a mixed bag of Very. sex anyway, because it's sort of a double-edged sword where, you know, sports are obviously skewed much more masculine, but yes. within that, it means that if you are a woman and you play sports, you're often construed as gay. Yep. And if you're a man playing sports, you're not allowed to be gay. Yep. And also on the, you know, the side of, well, you know, lesbians play sports. A lot of professional female athletes are queer, are gay. And so it's it's a harmful stereotype. But at the same time, it's true in a certain sense sure. so it's both alienating and just sort of accepting at the same time it's very it's very difficult line to walk but yeah. especially you know if you grow up in more rural areas in high school or stuff like that I remember we always I'd never I didn't play softball in high school but the girls softball team always suffered because nobody would join because you know lesbians play softball and you don't want to be seen as a lesbian whoa really yeah 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 that's awful crazy that's i that's so upsetting that yeah no it is those like those harmful stereotypes and it's wild because that it's still persists today like there are so many you know queer people who are still hiding their sexuality in professional sports because they're afraid of what their teammates or what their fans would think of them totally which is so awful because sports are so hyper mask yep. again it totally alienates a bunch of people at the same time right, and it's just the way that like capitalism has like taken control of the sports industry it's just everything wow we're well, really going I, deep. I mean if you're going big brain it is like how money has driven sports to be so hyper masculine to be so baked into like the ideals of what america and like people want you to be and like if you differ from that people are like no we're not going to support you we're not going to encourage you to like get paid or get what like you're worth yeah. or we like we won't encourage you to be what you're you know <sighs> it's tough it's awful yeah and i think part of that sort of minefield is why this movie is so straight on yes. the surface 100 percent. um but i'm just saying if they were really worried about how gay this movie would come across they should have tried a lot harder because it's gay as hell it is and do you think i mean if this film were to be made today do you think that they would have more totally outwardly queer especially energy. in like the last year or so well they're making a tv show aren't they are they, they not are. no they are which yeah. is i think they originally what's interesting they did make a tv show after this film came out some people from the movie reprised their roles mm -hmm. no, for like really it was like six episodes eight episodes yeah. something completely irrelevant um and so they are bringing it back now which is really cool so like i'm interested to see sort of how they go because there was that doc on netflix that i have not watched which yes, you watched a secret love so a secret let me do a quick a secret love oh, corner oh, real quick do, um do, do. it's a really cute documentary it is about two it's women about secret love? yeah it is about a secret love it's about Sorry. two women that were in the real life um you know all-american girls baseball league who were together but had to hide it for over 50 years Whoa. because there was rampant discrimination against lesbianism in the all-american girls baseball league we're which, talking which like, you see in this film yeah and the girls would get fired for having 
butch quote unquote haircuts or if they were suspected of being lesbians you know their their friendships on the team were very closely monitored and they Mm. weren't allowed to fraternize with other teams for fear of lesbianism it's really rough yeah but so these these two women that were you know on the same team and were together um, oh, batting for the other team. Another. See, there it is. A that's switch crazy. hitter. A switch. We are switch hitters. I love being a switch hitter. It's like that's again. See, see, that's what I'm talking about. It's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, these two women, you know, were a couple for over fifty years, and wow. they were like nobody ever knew, and nobody could have ever suspected because we were so careful about it because we knew. And the doc is just beautiful they talk a little bit about a league of their own yeah and okay they wrote each other these beautiful love letters and then they ripped off the signatures as soon as they got them because they knew if anyone found them that it would be really bad and they would probably lose their jobs and you know their livelihoods jordan is is the yearning (laughs) looks like he's involved in that that is beautiful yeah it's a really beautiful doc i I highly recommend it wow damn yeah baseball brings people together it brings people but also together it tears them apart but you know? it's it's you know it's really sweet they talked about how a league of their own really brought awareness to you know the all-american like the girls league, baseball yeah. league one of the women still carries around her her baseball card and she signs it for people oh my god that's yeah. so cute i oh, i was a mess during that doc i'm but, a mess right now were you yeah. how were you you were a mess during the film as well oh right? i cried i so i marked down every time that i cried in this movie because every time i see this movie i cry at least once if not multiple times today's tally was five well i done. was really feeling it was that is that the most you've had uh it's probably this is I cry at the same five spots very okay. frequently. I've Got seen it. this movie many, many times. Many a time. Um, I'll let you know when we get to uh, a my, higher total. Okay. My emotional spots. Got you. Yeah. Um, that sounds beautiful, though. I really do need to check out that doc. You That's should. beautiful. But I mean, again, that ties back into what the overall like crux of this like queer quadrant analysis is: is that this film is like, while not explicitly gay, there's so much queer subtext to the real world elements of this and to the story itself that is, you know. Mm-hmm. inherent and important to talk about and the cultural impact too so many gay awakenings oh my god for people a ton yeah shockingly men included yeah <laughs> you know sometimes you're just like gina davis in a baseball uniform dear god is just doing things that it should not do could tackle me yes and uh, also i mean she's very good in uh, this movie great yeah yeah excluding the fact that it is incredible and she's beautiful my god what a performance yes she's fabulous she's great uh should we get into the movie let's get into it so so we open this present movie, day yeah this movie has Quote a unquote. framing device yes it's 1992 mm, um, way back in 92 okay so basically it starts you really at the beginning you only see older gina davis older Dottie henson yes. so it's not about, gina davis it's though. not gina davis can we talk about how incredible the casting in this movie is i can do we? not know I, can, can we i do not know a movie with better you know same character different age casting it is transcendent honestly it's absurd because no is. movie there's they really do have to sell you sometimes they're like oh look like the same glasses or like oh look the same like clothes but this movie is just the same energy and the same look like they get it down the same face yes the actress that plays older Dottie looks 
exactly like how I imagine Gina Davis would look. Who do we have a name? Uh, give me a moment. Um, but I do have the name of the casting director, Hit Emma me. Lewis. Emma Lewis, M- A plus. MVP, older Dottie, Lynn Cartwright. Lynn Cartwright. Lynn that, Cartwright. Shout out to you, looking exactly like Gina Davis. Yeah, I could have sworn that it was Gina Davis. So both she and uh, Lori Petty, who plays Kit, both of them uh, dubbed over the lions when they're older even though kit only has two lions in the mm-hmm. present day uh section but so i think that really helps sell it too because it's gina davis's voice coming out of this older woman but for everyone else that's just it's all acting that's incredible yeah. wow. i was really excited about something i looked up uh our dear casting director to see what else she has done oh do tell can i just fire off some of her hits uh the devil wears prada the departed mama mia revolutionary road boardwalk empire shutter island her uh forrest gump godless the irishman bad education she's just wow this woman is just knocking out hits left good fellas she's bang 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 wow that is really good a couple classics that come to mind are devil wears prod and departed both incredible casting movies yeah wow anyways i'm a i'm an emma lewis shout out to the queen anyways rewinding it back this movie won the the csa award for best casting i mean rightfully so this film is one of the best casts ever yeah yes yeah it's amazing jordan i love movies that's you know it's weird because i would say you should start a podcast oh my god what a concept but i would probably want to start with someone with that who, who also likes movies you know i like movies oh my god should we start a podcast i think we should but you know we like all movies the good ones the bad ones and that is why we are such big fans of super yaki oh my god i've heard of them it's almost like they're half my wardrobe yeah here see the thing is that you might think that we're kidding or we're overselling but collectively between us we own so much super yaki merch yes we love them we love everything that we stand for and we love their selection of merch like they have seriously dedicated their brand their career every waking moment to bring all of us all of you top quality merchandise to showcase our love for the movies cinema that we do love so much cinema is amazing they truly have a great selection of everything you could ask for like fandom like national treasure three judy greer america's lead star wars ryan johnson Kelly Marie Tran, Kathy Yan, it's all there. They got everything. They got pins, they got shirts. They got mugs. And they're always coming out with new stuff. And seriously, all of their stuff is so cute, so comfortable, like totally real endorsement. I love the material of their stuff. They and have a QQ stamp of approval. Yes. And you know what's even better is that they screen print all of their apparel using eco-friendly water-based inks and they ship with compostable mailers. So it's a more eco-friendly and alternative to online shopping. That is, you know what? I have no words. It's amazing. They're and the best. Wait, wait, wait. I'm no, not no, even no. done yet. What more could they have? They have a special gift for mm-hmm. our listeners whoa so you're saying like there's something that we could give you know the queer quadrant audience yes 10 percent off at checkout with code superfriend all caps no spaces s-u-p-e-r-f-r-i-e-n-d superfriend use it at checkout 10 percent off 
We've been using it because we're not ashamed to use our own code. I will absolutely use our own code every day. And it's great. And if the spirit moves you, you can find all of this stuff and more at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. I feel like we've covered a lot of movies that have spirits, you know, like ghosts, things like that. Mm-hmm. I can see where you're going and I'm just going to shut it down right thank now. You, thank you. Superyaki.com. <laughs> Go do it. So that's the framing device is all of these All-American Girls Baseball League players are older and they're coming back together to witness their induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame. The Cooperstown Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You've not been. I have not. You have. I have. Does does this exhibit exist? It does, right? I'm going to be completely honest. When I went, I was very young. Uh, so I don't really remember necessarily all of the exhibits. I think of the movie, it's like an exhibit, quote unquote, but I think it's now a permanent wing, Yeah, I would assume. But Cooperstown is one of the most beautiful things I've ever been doing in my life. It's like a holy experience going. Right up your alley. Uh, yeah, because it, it's, it's, it's in upstate New York, just surrounded by greenery. It's just beautiful. You go in there and just the love of baseball is just... Oh. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so yeah, the framing device. And then I guess we flash back. They're, she, they're going and then the yeah. 40s we're going to the 40s so we go back to world war ii world war ii i was the newsreels i was just gonna talk about the news the newsreels are wild i love i'm such a sucker for newsreels yes. and montages yeah. both this of which this movie has, has, a, has look, so many if i'm gonna dock this movie one thing it's for too many montages you know some people me some people me? might say that there are too many montages but do you know what i say there aren't enough what's, montages. What's the montage versus Brooke crying breakdown? It's is it five it's and five? It's actually five and five because yeah, I counted the montages too. That is beautiful. One of them is kind of like a newsreel combo montage, sure. but it counts. It's not. It I didn't counts. even count the opening one. No. Oh my god. So six technically. So six. If Damn you want to count this opening newsreel, which does a lot of table setting about um, Mr. Harvey and his Harvey bars and mm-hmm. Mr. Lowenstein, who's going to try and get the, the girls baseball league going, uh, which you don't even really, I mean, you do need it. It's um, like it, a lot of the montage or sorry, like a lot of the newsreels you really don't necessarily need, but you do need them. It like makes the, it's it, the forties. It could be like a one thirty, and those make it like a four. <laughs> I know. Hour? Yeah. They're so long. The original cut of this movie was four hours. The, was it actually? Yes. The, wow, the Basically, the montage where they're trying to get popular. Yeah. That starts popular. with. Popular. Yeah. That starts with the. They want to get popular. Get out of here. Da, 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 da. Stop Sorry. it. Talk about a queer show. We're not talking about the musical Wicked on this podcast. I did not mean to bring us into this because I have been wanting to talk about Wicked, but Wicked no, is queer. No, not now. Sorry. Later. <laughs> sometime. <laughs> smacks me up <laughs> wicked is pretty queer though oh uh, wicked is definitely queer a lot compulsively, of the compulsive queer. heterosexuality there's a lot of compulsive heterosexuality in this movie this movie forces everyone to be straight yeah i know i had a thought oh the life magazine montage yes. is four minutes that's it's four minutes oh so my God. i don't i don't don't quote me on that it's not it's very long. It's no, yes, I it's would believe that. Not too long though. You're like, I think what it's about great. Eight minutes. Yes. I want Ten? an entire montage. You want montage movie? movie? Yes. Hmm. Great. Perhaps. Something to Perhaps. think about. A, a music video. Anyways, so... There's the, a great score under all of the montages. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. You love Play it. Play in the hits. It's like a nice, jazzy, upbeat baseball score. Baseball scores, again, 
one some of the best. Let's just talk about Randy Newman's The Natural Score. Yeah. One of maybe the greatest scores of all time. Amazing. Anyways, so the boys are going to war. Women's baseball has already begun. We see the two of them playing Kit and Gina. <laughs> I'm just only... Gina is Dottie, but to me, it's yes. just Gina. Kit and Dottie. Um, you know, Dottie's the older one. She's a real star. She's a real pro. She's bossy. She knows what's best. And Kit is like, Annoying. get off my back. See, you don't like Kit. I love Kit. It I'm... took me a couple watches to like Kit. But every time I see this movie, I like her more and it's more. It's interesting. We're both older siblings. Yes. This thing is, it is really a sibling film. This is a great sibling movie. Was I this love... you and your sister? Um, luckily my parents were smart enough to not encourage us to do the same things so we're not very competitive with each other because we have wildly different interests but we get along very well i do think that if we did played do the, the same, same sport, sport this is exactly how mm. we would be that's so interesting because we have the exact same breakdown but coming from that pov like i relate so much to dotty i'm just like dotty you're telling her what to do. She's not listening. Just don't let her do it. Just like you have to teach her a lesson. Exactly. Kit needs to learn. But no, that's the thing is that, you know, everyone has a little arc through this movie. Kit's everyone, is... Everyone has an arc. Yeah. Kit's is the most obvious and Jimmy's, I guess, Tom Hanks. But Dottie, because she's so perfect from the outset, needs to learn to give up some control over kit and i like that it's so messy along the way um and she even to the end she doesn't give up anything mm-hmm. you know some people have that take that she drops the ball on purpose no she you don't doesn't think, i think she no the she ball does on not purpose. she does not drop that ball on purpose it slips and kit gets that deserved win the deserved payoff that makes more sense but i just love dotty too much and i am too much of an older sibling to want to believe that and i think it's her doing a nice thing for her sister definitely not because she tells she tells the i know I ellen know. sue to give her those highballs and kit hits the highball and dotty is shocked you're right yeah no it's i don't i, I don't want it, i don't want you to win this debate i know you've already won and I know it's going to last for this whole episode, so I'm just thinking about it. Jordan, if you knew anything about me, you would know that you should never debate me on a topic. I which... will debate you on many a topic. Wow, can you tell we're both older siblings? We, I am going to win this for you. Yeah, you're not going to win. No, I, you're, I know you're... Look, I will be the sibling... Uh, I will be a reluctant younger sibling on this one and let you win this debate because you are right. You're gonna let me win. You're gonna uh, let I'm gonna me let win. You win. I'm winning this? fair and square. No, right you, now. you 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 uh, suplexed me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just I think is that deep down, like the first time I saw this, like I know that Kit should win. I know that she won fair and square and that she beat Gina. You know what I mean? That she knocked the ball out and that she actually like it makes sense mm-hmm. thematically. That is the most potent and the right thing to do uh but when i saw this as a kid i was like i don't like kit like why is why is gina davis not winning like they're the better team like this is the team that i've been rooting for the whole movie like why are they not winning well this is my argument for why this movie is so good we're going way ahead but who cares well, the entire movie we just skipped who cares? yeah um what ending it is very it is very rare to have especially a sports movie where mm-hmm. the ending hits you the same way multiple times because when you watch a sports movie for the first time you're like okay end of the big game they win they lose that's it if it's a dumb movie maybe they tie or some shit but they win or they lose ties are the worst yeah it's terrible it's a cough out 
And so after that, you're like, well, I already know what happens. Mm-hmm. What makes this movie interesting? True. And what's great about A League of Their Own is Tell that great. because the supporting characters are built up so much mm. and are so colorful and have all these personalities and you have the added bonus of Jimmy being such a terrible coach that learns to love his team right at the last moment. The fact that they lose is soul crushing every Mm. single time because you're like, we just spent two hours getting to know every single character on this team. It wasn't just about Dottie. It wasn't just about Jimmy. It's about everybody. And they all have to line up and go head to head with Kit, who is pitching to every single one of them. And uh, it's really rough to see Kit win. Yeah, no, but it is. She but she to has win to win because yeah. she's the one that needs it the most. God, this movie fucking rules, it's doesn't so it? It's so good. This is a pretty yes. great movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's that, wow, your enthusiasm and that pitch just killed nine-year-old Jordan in the tomb. You were Aww. like, your beliefs, they're gone now. That Thanks, was really cool. man. Yeah, no, I that makes a lot of sense, and I really respect that. And you, yeah, I mean. You, I feel like people know that, but it is always it's like that caked in belief where you always want to see the home team win. But mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, it is important to lose. And also, you know, what's interesting is that the home team does win. They're at racing. Mm. So, well, it is a home team win, just not for the team that we, the audience, are rooting for. But they are. Here's the thing. I have the American. This is going to be very baseball nitty gritty. I'm ready. And uh, Fenway Park, uh, the home team is on the first baseline. Yeah. Uh, And I think that's for most American league teams. Uh, But in this game, so if they were the away team, wait, are they on the third baseline or the first baseline? The traveling team is on the first baseline. No. The home uh, team. Is, yeah. And the home team is on the third baseline. See, yeah, that's weird. The ho- yeah, I always assume the home team has on the first baseline, not the yeah. third baseline. These are really nitty gritty things that people really care about. So I think we should elaborate <laughs> further on this. I say we go for a 20 minute tangent. I'm uh, guessing it's because they use the same stadium for pretty 100%. much. 100%. Because all of the dugouts look the same. All yeah. the stadiums look the same. I'm not complaining. Except when they try out, which is Wrigley Field. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. Rules. Have you been? I mean, I, I have not been to Wrigley Field. One of the because greatest. why would I go there? I'm, well, I just look, walk around. Which one of us is trying to go to every single baseball stadium? Like in America? Yes. Oh my god. I have ten down. Only twenty to go. Oh wow. That's I'm pretty like dead, good. I'm dead ass. Like, and yeah. you're not even thirty yet. So I know. If you hit them all by your ninety. I think it's possible. Good. I mean, there's so many on the West Coast that I've been able to bang out. Yeah. But Wrigley, one of the greatest fields of all time. Fenway. I mean. Mm-hmm. You can't beat it. But mm-hmm. Wrigley has that beautiful energy. It has, again, you see that shot where they walk out to see practice and everyone's, yes. you know, playing on the field and you're like, oh my God, baseball is so cool. I love that practice montage so, so much. Good. Let's let's basically like... Ranking montages. Well, because I mean, once that is when the movie really kicks yeah, in. Before 100%. that, it's mostly like, okay, Dottie of, yeah. is great at baseball. Kit is not great at baseball. And you know, she has a real chip on her shoulder. I love the she line when they're walking back i know i was trying to combine kit i was just gonna steamroll over <laughs> that and pretend it didn't <laughs> happen <laughs> um so yeah kit has a real chip on her shoulder for yes. sure i love when they're walking back to their farm in oregon to milk mm-hmm. some cows she's talking about you know how great Dottie is and she's like have you heard how our parents introduce us yes this is our daughter Dottie, and this is our other daughter Dottie's sister. sister. They should have had you and bought a dog. So good. So good. And that really like does it's, you know, it's a very basic conflict. 
but it really lays the groundwork mm-hmm. for how this whole movie is going to play 100%. out. hundred percent. It's like this movie is not dealing with the deepest or like most, you know, thoughtful of themes, but it is just very potent, real things that really hit hard. Well, mm-hmm. it also has the some hit. hit. It has some pretty solid 1992 feminism. Oh, gotta say. yeah. Uh, some of it hasn't aged great. But a lot of it has. Yes. Yeah. No, this film is very specifically a 90s movie. Yeah. I um, mean, yeah. Again, the first half very much centered on just like those two and John Lovitz. And John that's about it. Lovitz is basically the baseball recruiter. He comes to their little farm in Oregon. He's like, Dottie, I want you. You I saw, you I liked. Yeah. We're going to go make the movies. I no, want we're going to go make the baseballs. The one that <laughs> hit the ball. Um, but Dottie's <laughs> married and she doesn't want to go. Who's um, she married to? Oh, the great Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman, who's overseas. Do we even see a photo of him? Yes. Uh, we she do? shows okay. it to, ha- to Tom Hanks in the bus at one point. Right, right, right. But not not until then, though. Nope. Right. Cool that you don't really see Bill Pullman until that Until moment. he shows up. Like 57 minutes in or I something. I know, yeah. I mean, I like how often that she mentioned she's married, though. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty cute. It is cute. And it, the fact that she mentioned mentions it so much and she's so, you know, in love with her husband and he seems like a real nice guy yeah it sort of makes it better when in the middle of the movie she decides that she wants to go leave and have babies because you're like yeah you know i would i would go have bill pullman's babies a leave of seems like own. a good idea like she a leave leaves. of her own jordan <laughs> i'm gonna get this to three hours <laughs> <laughs> cannot deal with you um he but brings them to the league they run to catch the train Yes, yes. This is John Lovett's delivering line after line after He's line. A, I like yeah. when he yells at a cow to shut up. I like Great. when he says that chicken should be on a leash. Yep. If I had your job, I'd kill myself. <laughs> yep. And that's uh, when they get on the train. Yep. He said, you promised the cows you'd write. Excellent. Incredible. They get to Wrigley Field. Well, well no, 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 no. they get to Wrigley Field. Of course. We meet Marla. We got to meet Marla. This Great scene. scene. Oh, this is uh, the first time that I cry. I is it really like to say so they meet when? marla who is a killer switch hitter uh, one of the uh, switch hitters one of the most prized possessions in baseball yeah it's pouring rain she is knocking balls through glass windows she's literally breaking a glass ceiling in a way oh if you will Oh god! did you ever this scene really reminded me of like practices that we would have in high school when you just go to the gym. If it was raining and you uh-huh. had to practice in the gym. I was I loved those practices so much. They were always so weird and like the energy Mr. was always Ball. off. Yeah, but it was always like there's something fun about them because you're like, I shouldn't be playing in here. Or also when you have like kickball in the gym and things like that, that yeah. was the, the energy this scene gives is yeah. so like, It also, raw. it has a real small town energy of her dad rounded up all the guys all that the can boys. basically hold a mitt and are like, yes. okay, why don't you come stand in the gym? But when none he, of them catch a ball. Oh, and when he tells her to, uh, you know, okay, Marla, lefty, they all just groan and switch yep. their mitts. Yep. It's, it's so, so good. good. Um, but love is doesn't want to take her because she's not pretty enough to be in the league. And I do I not only love want it. Pretty girls. Mm. I also do not love it. <laughs> I'll maybe give you that one. Thank you. Yeah, but then what do what do our two leads do? Put down their fucking suitcases like bad bitches. They are not letting her not get on the team. Women supporting women. This is when I start crying because Marla's dad comes over and is like, "It's my fault. My wife's dead. I raised her." 
like a boy. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I love her so much and she needs to get out of this town and she's so good. And if she was a boy, I'd be talking to the Yankees and instead I'm sitting mm-hmm. here talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's really cute. They're at the train station together and she's like, well, who's going to take care of you? And he's like, don't worry, I can handle myself. You need to get out of here. You need to go where things happen. The tears it's so are beautiful. Flowing. Yeah, no, it is really beautiful. They really do like bring her into the family. It's yeah. really, really wholesome. A plus acting here too. Little bit part from her dad. Oh, whoever the dad is, A plus. So good. Really just bringing it, but doesn't feel too cheesy. No. Just super sincere. This movie could have totally been such a cheese fest. In like there's a fine line yes. between a real cheese fest from this writing and the beautiful feel good i think it's got to be the penny marshall of it right totally it's all in the directing because you know i think the script is really good yeah but um there's a lot of pretty schmaltzy totally like this is like the in like you know with jennifer's body as we've discussed like jennifer's body is very much like script and director hand in hand uh this one it's like the script is there but it is really much a penny marshall Mm -hmm. film you know like she is the one guiding this to not be schmaltzy yeah and she really has this movie is so funny in such a weird way i think she has a very weird brand of comedy specific sense of humor her and gary marshall very weird humor. gary marshall's scene when you first meet tom hanks when he's basically showing him around his estate and is talking about golf and his in-laws and feeding the fish yes it's a that's a weird the, the first scene where we meet scene. him is a little just buzz, it's so out of left it. field i love it so much so i guess i mean like so what we this bring marlon we have the training sequence then we meet our two you know our couple of the film <laughs> may and doris may and doris this yes. is um the shot that changed me forever when Doris just hucks a baseball at Dottie and she catches it. So cool. One handed. Madonna. Um, um, and then I, just kind of gives her a bitch. Look. So good. Madonna, I think, is doing the one thing. Quick uh, baseball side tangent here because uh, I'm not tangenting enough. What's interesting, I feel like, with Madonna is she's wearing black baseball pants. Mm. And I think, again, as we've talked about, that everyone looks good in baseball pants, but there's a specific energy about black baseball pants over gray or white or any other color is it kind of like being a goth kid it is kind of like being a goth kid it's like weird or like edgy there was always the kids who would have the black baseball pants and you were always like huh like you you would always pay attention to them because it was so different in such a statement they're making a statement exactly so when madonna doing it you're like madonna like mm-hmm. what do you say she definitely is the bad girl she has her cigarettes there's mm-hmm. the great line later when mr lowenstein's talking about the league and he's like there are no, there is no smoking there is also no drinking and no men and she basically stands up and is like i'm out of here i, can't <laughs> I cannot do this, do this. <laughs> so that is great so great but she already has a girlfriend so like why does she you yeah. know need to go anyways they're very happy together they're great they have a lovely relationship <laughs> her and rosie o'donnell and they definitely get married <laughs> yikes um I like the training montage at Wrigley Field so much mm-hmm. because more so than any other one, including the, I'm just going to call it the Life Magazine montage. Yeah. This is the one when you're like, these girls are for real. Yeah, they can play. They can play like nobody's business. It, it's so, I guess raw is the word I would use, but mm. you know, there's really an emphasis on how much they're getting dirty. You have hats flying everywhere. They're sliding, they're diving, they are making these insane catches. It doesn't feel theatrical or anything like that. It just feels like they can play and they're going to show it and they're here for the major leagues. Mm. Um, 
it's really great. It's amazing. Did you read the the stat about when they were playing in their sh- uh, like skirts and they actually like tore up their legs? All of the bruises in the film, including that insane what's it called a strawberry bruise mm-hmm. that's yeah. on that one girl's hip, is real, which is <sighs> crazy because that looks incredibly painful very painful yeah but of course you can't slide in a skirt oh why is that (laughs) absurd um there's that one moment i think it's may that's sliding during one of the games and some Mm -hmm. random guy in the stand is like slide slide and she slides and he goes thank you my god (laughs) um but you know when they're modeling the uniforms um dotty's like i gotta crouch in that thing and i how do you How? expect to literally crouch in a skirt with a pair of booty shorts? Underneath? It's ridiculous. Crazy that they had to wear these uniforms, but also not crazy at all because they the were 40s. Forcing them to be beautiful objects for men to gaze upon. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that we missed on the Marla thing that I want to talk about, which is really so small and such a bit part, but when she's running and they both get on the train, there's an aggressive shot of the American flag over Marla's face as the train is pulling <gasps> yes, out. Yes, I station, love that shot. Where you're like, oh, this is so Americana. It's so aggressive. Yes. It's like it's when so Spider-Man good. like swings with the flag and yeah. stuff like that. You're like, oh my god. And her god. dad is like miming her hitting a home run yep, as she yep. But like it's as great. It chugs away. It's beautiful. Yes. Well, this is a film. We'll try not to get too much into the plot minutia. Because the plot is it's there's too much. And also not that much happens, but no. so much happens. It's a, it's a film made up of minutia of little moments that, you know, all of a sudden you're having a great time. Thirty seconds later there are tears running down your cheeks. Um, it's all these little, very, you know, intentioned, very sweet moments. For example, when they're all being selected for the teams, there's that one girl that can't read. Oh my God. That moment makes me sob. I, I cried. That's when yeah. I cry for the second Is that number time. number two? Okay. Yep. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah, I know. And it, again, could be the schmaltziest thing in the world. You have the coach being like, hello, are you on the list? If you're not right. on the list, you got to go home. But it works. It works so well. Um, one of the things also interesting, I feel like with this training sequence is you get like the sexual confusion bit where they like talk about like they, like they're trying to make, they, they don't want, uh, oh, women to play because, or are like you talking about the, the newsreel the of newsreel, basically yeah, where the, they're like, her, this man like is sexually confused. Well, women can play baseball. Um, yeah. So it's about the masculinization of yes. women specifically. Yes. Um, I love this random Christian lady who's delivering this, um, including the button line of like your candy bars, Mr. Harvey, you're completely nuts. nuts. So ridiculous, but it also Playing has that like that underlying where you're like, mm, interesting, sexually confusing. I wonder what's going on here. Totally. Women, by playing sports, are being masculinized and are not going to want to, yep. quote unquote, go back to the kitchen. There's more in that later when they're trying to shut down the league. Yes. And Mr. Lowenstein says, well, the boys are back, Rosie. Turn in your rivets. What are we supposed to tell them? And, you know, Mr. Harvey says, well, are we supposed to send the boys returning from war to the kitchen? Right. There's no other alternative. Even like the line where they're talking about the uh, there's the advertisement for the girls or whatever it is in the, one of the montages where they're like, she's a great hitter. And she's also great in the kitchen. Yes. One of they know how to pour tea. They right, can knit. Like, they oh make spaghetti. God. One of them is a former Miss Georgia. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, they're about to be sent to charm school in montage right. number three. three. <laughs> Dear God. It's uh, 30 minutes and we have three montages. It's great. Penny, look, like, I know like you really like this film is four hours, but do we need another montage? She's like, 
you will cut this montage over my dead body love it um love it it so we meet tom hanks end of act one basically is when we meet him yeah it's a while the aforementioned weird golf in-law and fish Mm -hmm. scene uh you learn that he hurt his knee by falling out of a window because of a fire that he started started. incredible yeah fun little bit of character depth Mm -hmm. he's a washed up baseball player Uh, originally this role was written for someone much older Mm. uh, but penny pitched it as he's not old he's just a drunk washed up up. he's still in his prime really penny fucking killing that decision that's a really cool i think it works much better even though okay so the studio apparently tried to shoehorn in some horrific romance between jimmy and dotty which makes no sense considering that she's married to a man in the war war? and uh they would be terrible together that's the worst idea that i've ever heard so bad but i think it's mostly because this they're they're written very much as a coach player friend dynamic but because they were about the same age actually sure maybe there's a little something something instead of him being played by i don't know a kevin cosner type right okay well that makes sense makes sense really glad they they did not do it penny marshall shut that shit down penny marshall said no um we meet tom he shows up plastered drunk uh is this the and he pees for talk about it too long uh as they were peeing tom hanks did not know how long he was going to pee for because penny marshall was in there with a hose just going (laughs) milking that performance Oh, it goes man. for two. Do you have a? St- I mean, I, someone um, has a. She, Madonna has a stopwatch. It's somewhere it. in the trivia. I think it's fifty seconds. It feels like an hour. Yeah, it's really intense it's and a kind cool, of uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. It's a. I mean, it's a great introduction to him and the girls to set up the dynamic between all of them and the clubhouse and everything. Yeah, because he doesn't coach for the first half of this movie. No. It's Dottie coaching and making the lineup, right. and it's sort of about. I think it works really well because the it's when the league first starts. It's about the girls figuring out how to work together and how to yes. work with the stigmatization of girls baseball, mm-hmm. like Ellen Sue, aka Miss Georgia hitting that dude who's making fun of them with a baseball and knocking him back into the stands. It It was an accident. It slipped. It slipped. It's little moments like that where you need and you don't really need Tom Hanks interfering with that. Right. So it's great that he's just, you know, kind of drunk in the background. in the dugout. Literally. These like sequences kind of just like stitched together. There's not a lot of ton here. A lot of it's just kind of meeting the team and like the different players and setting up their own sort of backstories. Yeah. I guess the first real event that happens is they go to the Suds Bucket, which is that roadside bar, which has a Mm -hmm. lot of great little moments. That's Stillwell is already on the team by then, (laughs) who is one of the players kids mm-hmm. i've never worst. hated a child more, more than i hate this child infuriating exhausting the worst i uh, don't think his mom definitely is not at the suds bucket uh that little red side is. part definitely no. not she's no. home with her baby but yeah. everyone else is there and they're drinking and having a dancing time and having a time with men it's irrelevant. one of the infuriating parts where every single character gets hooked up with like a man even marla like every single person is like forced to show their heterosexuality actually marla's the one i like the best i mean she's the the one that's like cute yeah because i like the read that you know she's not you know super traditional girly girl she's not super pretty but there's this guy who just is in love with her her, and it's really very sweet but like the fact that every other person gets a guy you're like this isn't no that's not what they would be doing here. especially kit kit's little baby gay we all know this a hundred percent she is a budding 
queer. Do you have a ranking of the? Well, okay. At the Should we save very, it for the end? At the very top, no. Let's just do it. At the do very it, top is May and Doris because they they're are so dating. together yes. and they're so dating. And then I think it's Kit. Yep. And then honestly, Dottie just for pure for for you energy. Although sure. you know she's pretty straight in this movie, but yeah. I buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know, Ellen Sue, Miss Georgia. I gotta think for her. I like her. I she's really Miss cute. Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, then probably everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like scattered. Yeah, no one else is really popping. Yeah. But I mean, it's sort of the as the whole, yeah. as a whole, is like where the gay comes in. I agree. In. I would, the only other one that I would throw in there is the woman who helps. I don't know the, either of their names, but with the reading scene where she oh, helps her read. Yeah, Ellen. She, I have a little bit, I feel like a read on. Yeah, she's the one that knows how to pour tea. Yes. That's her skill. Mm, what a skill. <laughs> what a skill. Oh, God, the 40s. Jesus Christ. I know. I do love in the roadside bar scene, you get a little bit of May Doris backstory where you learn that yes. May is a taxi dancer and Doris met her because she was the bouncer at the same bar that she worked at. That's a rom-com love story if I've ever heard it's one. Adorable. It's it's adorable. You, I swear, <laughs> I'm... F- I'm so angry. We're gonna see how many like just things I can throw in there. I'm kind of impressed how quickly you're coming up with them, but at the same time, you hate it. I know. Really want to throttle you. You're gonna throw that mic at me. Mm -hmm. Um, This is also the scene when the literal 12 year old hits on Gina Davis and is like, "Why don't we go into the back seat and you can make a man out of me?" I wish he punched him in the (laughs) face. She's like, "How about I smack you?" Rightfully so. Um, so (laughs) She's so cool though. She doesn't care because she's married and she's sort of older she's definitely she's look i don't know how old anyone is in this film but she's at least like three or four years older than everyone she has the emotional maturity that a lot of them don't so she's sort of you know she's the the mom she's 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 the the captain of the team yeah she's the one that comes and gets them is like hey you gotta come home or we're out of the league like i'm not being a spoil sport which is great she doesn't come up and you know she's not like she's not like a goody she's not a stick in the mud exactly she's like guys if we don't go back we're out of the league right like okay great thank you but she's gonna like make sure that they get home on time yeah exactly that's the best type of captain for a team Mm -hmm. uh make like a bread truck and haul buns as dora says incredible line the bar then what happens it's more montage stuff there's the (laughs) um a, a secret scene that i like of may and church when she's confessing yes and keep saying things that make the really hot pastor drop his bible um is fun love it it's fun um but it's just that's it what can i say it's a lot it's a lot of of montage business and team bonding and that is why this film is great because every little moment you're like wow this is so cute this is so great right but like we could talk about all of them but we're trying to explain it on a podcast there's not not that i mean basically the biggest next thing i have down is tom hanks starting to turn things around with him and gina davis where they sort of get into a sign-off battle yes Yes, you know? I love the sign-off battle, and it's right that is right before the scene. Yeah, but the sign-off battle is super fun. Hans Zimmer is going nuts on going the score. Bananas. So I guess I said this. So Marla is up to hit, and Gina De- or Tom Hanks gives the sign. He's like, "This is what you're gonna do," and she goes, "Okay." And then she starts to step into the box, and then Gina Davis is like, "No, no, no! This is the sign." Mm-hmm. And then Marla steps back in, and then Tom Hanks goes, and then Gina Davis, and then Tom Hanks, and they're like looking at each other, and they're going like and at it. It becomes a little dance, and it's beautiful because it shows like the two of them have this you know companionship with each other, which is really beautiful, and like mm-hmm. they both are 
Tom Hanks, it's starting to show that he has the leadership within him, Mm -hmm. which is really fun. Yeah. And after that is the scene. I think this is pretty close to the scene of them on the bus. I think it's like one or two right before. About Bull Pullman. Or maybe it's just, you know, more team building. Um, There's the there's that scene on the bus where (laughs) um, uh, May is teaching Shirley how to read via erotica. Love it. Love it. Um, but yeah, then they're back into games. Yep. And uh, you know, there's no crying. There's no in crying. baseball. There is no crying in baseball. There's no crying. His delivery of that line is maybe the greatest line delivery of all time. It's ranked as one of the 100 most iconic lines. I mean, rightfully of all time. so. Yeah. I. It's actually. I think that it gets very isolated though as an iconic line, as many do. But right after that, the team is pissed at him, and he calls the ump. Um, you know a little penis with a hat on top and then Great. he gets thrown and he gets out. Kicked out of the game yeah which it's all part of the same scene yes which it's a good forget. sequence it's cool it's it's real it's real good setup payoff of him actually being a dick yeah and then being like throw you out but it's so good the only part that people remember is that there's no there's crying no in crying. baseball it is i think a highlight reel for tom hanks of his voice yes because there's tom hanks the actor and there's tom hanks the voice mm-hmm. and when the two of them are working in tandem my god magic oh uh, yeah oh incredible it's like the the whole woody thing is like you are a toy you yes. know like when he yells that like that is sort of this vibe this is definitely a scene that you could put a little animated tom hanks oh, over to my test god, if yeah. he's gonna be good for your movie for sure yeah it is a hundred percent um this leads into the life magazine montage um, so this is montage number four montage number four um this is like a script that you were pitching to a development company and you were like okay so there's four montages within the first hour how do you feel just kidding you don't get to say i'm doing it and you can't stop me everyone would everyone would throw that script away yeah this has to be basically penny marshall pulling some yes being like i want no 100 percent. i mean it was probably like they shot like i'm sure there were sequences in there you said it was like four hours like i'm sure these were full scenes oh yeah that they had to just cut down Mm -hmm. um i wonder how many days they shot for I don't even want to know. I actually looked in the trivia and I couldn't find it. It's probably like something like ridiculous. Because think about just how much product they had to shoot. Right. For all of these little scenes. I cannot even imagine. Yeah. Um, This, this is the greatest montage though. It starts with Dottie doing the splits for life magazine. The split is amazing. And everyone is just in awe. Everyone's jaw literally drops. You can split. Yeah. I can't do that. Who can? It's great. And this is sort of them trying to get famous so that more people will come to their game so they can get the league going. This is Mr. Lowenstein's montage where he is trying to get everyone to come. And they do all these really fun gimmicky things. Um, I love it. It's cute. Some of my favorites. What Give me your favorites. Include uh, Catch a Foul, Get a Kiss, where everyone tries to catch Miss Georgia's foul ball. She's pretty. All the sailors. It's pretty adorable. She gives them a spider. She gives one of them like a Spider-Man kiss Mm. from the dugout. No dames. Yeah. No dames. Um, Let's see. There's a little moment where someone is coming into home plate and Dottie stops them, um, which is set up for later. Not that that's important. We have Doris catching a hot dog in her mouth from the stands when she goes to catch a foul. Uh, we have May catching a ball in her hat, which is fun. Are you, Jordan's giving me a look like the hot dog is supposed to be a sexual metaphor. It's baseball. Come on. I think. Yeah, I don't know. 
it's cool that she catches yeah, on. Yeah, no, it's very rules. Yeah. Uh, this is when we have the crazy bruises that were apparently real. And mm-hmm. also the cherry on top of this montage is there is a brief scene when uh, a fly ball uh, Dottie is ends up near the small colored section of a segregated stadium. Um, so this movie is very white. So they go out of their way. They give us one beat. One beat. So one of the co-screenwriters Lowell Gann said mm-hmm. that it bothered us that in order to be historically accurate about the All-American Girls Baseball League yeah. we couldn't have a diverse cast because it was a segregated league sure. even though Major League Baseball was desegregated in 47 mm-hmm. that you know this was right before that and it was totally segregated so we couldn't have a diverse cast we came upon that scene as a way to make the point a lot of people have commented on it over the years and I'm very glad we included it in the film mm. the scene is like 30 seconds i'm gonna be completely honest i forgot that scene oh i i always remember this scene i love it that's good i mean i mean like on this rewatch i must have been doing something or whatever like during this because i wasn't fully watching the whole thing because i've seen it too many times way to expose yourself um i mean i've seen this movie look i could go through this plot like the back of my hand (laughs) but like let's be real we've seen this movie too much but I mean, it is one of those things like you wish that there was more and it's that line of like, do you want, how historically accurate do you want to be versus like, can you spice it up a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. And that's been like a really good, I think, very modern conversation about if you're Mm -hmm. doing a historical story, pick a diverse one. We've had enough of the white historical stories or do something where you can bend the rules a little bit because who cares? This is the movies. I do think that this scene is pretty, works pretty well. It's obviously, it's really hard for it to not feel basically like a, a little, little check mark yeah. um being like oh we included women of color right that weren't allowed in the league but they have a great throwing arm yeah um but it's better than nothing no it is good that they included it uh it's just unfortunate that that is the extent of what it was you know yeah but history man sucks uh we'll see uh, maybe like maybe it would be interesting to see what happens in the tv show like it'd be kind of cool if they introduced like another element to it there because yeah. i could feel them like spreading their wings a little bit more from that exactly i think because so much ground has been covered in the historical biopic historical film and tv uh, too space, much yeah it's now sort of become a thing where it's like all right do whatever you want and like what you're trying to put out in the world is more important than being completely historically accurate yes uh, which is great yeah no i 100 percent agree and i don't see a downside because literally who cares literally and it. also it's so many ridiculous. people of color have been completely erased from history that were there in the first place right so why not just show their story yeah you know it might be more accurate than you think it is mm-hmm. if that's the angle yep. anyway that is my piece on that that's great but that's basically the and end that's of another montage the montage oh we got it's, two it's more done. to go it's uh, done so after that montage what does this bring us to a kit's breakdown section got it so she runs out and she fights with rosie o'donnell because gina davis they basically pull her from pitching to finish yeah, the game it's the same thing it's the same thing we saw at the beginning it, yep. Dottie is like i know better than you i know when you're tired i know when you're you know not doing it and i'm gonna speak up and she's like i just want you to leave me alone and let me do my own thing mm. i um, mean Dottie, look Dottie's in the right here Dottie's the catcher yeah. Dottie's the captain of the team Dottie calls her and realizes that she's not going to be able to pitch and she basically by getting her out of the game she could be you know saving the team she clinches the game and they make it into the playoffs right yeah so she made the right decision there Mm -hmm. but then this starts a whole train wreck of things where dottie's like you know what 
I will just ask them to trade me. And yes. of course, Kit gets traded instead because obviously Dottie, right, nobody's going to trade, trade you. Dottie. Even Kit's like, of course, they're not trading you. Don't be stupid, which right. it's really dumb of Dottie to think that because she's the best player in the league. Of course, they're not going to trade her. I like the scene where Tom Hanks throws her into a shower. Yes. And just turns it on and you just see her get Lori Petty just getting soaked. It's so funny. Lori Petty is great in this movie. Lori Petty, a career that went nowhere, really. She's great on Orange is the New Black, but she definitely, she deserves more. She went from this to Free Willy. Uh, and then like, you just look at her career. I'm like looking at her filmography right now and it's, I couldn't tell you any of these films. I have not seen any of them after this movie. Yeah. I mean, she has a lot of TV, but you know, she deserves more. She does. This is a good performance. No matter what, maybe I don't want Kit to win. Sure. But she gives an amazing performance and she has like a really, she's carrying a tremendous depth to her and to be the younger sibling and to be, so you know in the shadow of to be in the shadow of gina davis yes it's in it um this is laurie petty was very new to acting when she starred in this movie and she she said that she felt very similar to how her character does because she was like i was just trying to literally keep up with gina davis icon like an icon had just come off of an oscar nom for thelma and louise it you know it makes sense i think it shows on screen too in a really good way that's really cool no that's that's really interesting that she uh made that comparison because i think it comes through and makes her performance even stronger totally so then after that this is the telegram scene aka me crying number oh, four right oh where four uh, yeah i think it's four three there's a lot of business in this. So it's basically it's yeah, the guy from the army, whatever his position. The war department. Sure. He comes and he's like, oh, someone died. But shit, the name. I don't got it. It's so much business. It's too much it's business. unnecessary. But luckily, Tom Hanks rescues them, gives the horrific telegram to Betty Spaghetti, played, I would like to say, by Penny Marshall's daughter. Good performance. Tracy Reiner. Great performance. It's mostly just this one scene. Yeah. Wait, Wait also- no, it's not Betty. Yeah, it is. It, no, is? it is Betty Spaghetti. Okay, okay. Betty Spaghetti. Uh, the just the nicknames for the yes. girls. I mean, any this is this brings us to baseball nicknames. But baseball nicknames, twelve out of ten. We could go on. That could be a podcast just diving into baseball nicknames. Did you have one? No. Damn. I mean, I know I. I'm, that's a complete lie. I know I did, and I definitely do remember them. But we're just not going to talk about it on the air. Um, well, you're the one that brought it up, so maybe you should have thought that through. Well, maybe we'll tweet it as bonus content to follow us sure that's a hook to get people to follow to haunt us for um, years yes but where i was going with oh yeah uh betty spaghetti oh the irrelevant tangent we didn't mention that penny marshall was married to rob reiner yes this is their child yeah and their breakup is the catalyst for when, when harry, harry met, met sally, sally right the two of them causing each other to make incredible pieces of art yes you love good film marriages yeah it is wild that the two of them were married i know especially because there's so much overlap in their movies like yep. you know if you want to make the penny marshall to rob reiner to uh nor ephron connection uh rosie o'donnell tom hanks and bill, bill pullman, pullman are all in sleepless in seattle yep. tom hanks obviously two years like like later or something like that yeah Less than maybe yeah it's incredible they're all part of the same new york set mm-hmm. and then b- fucking penny marshall producing bewitched for nora efron oh yeah crazy which is you know not a great film at all but like cool to see two queens helping each other nicole kidman was considered for the gina davis role in this which makes perfect sense the mic has dropped yeah that would kind of fucking rock but not Rock I mean, hard I mean, look, Davis is Davis, this is perfect for Gina Davis, but I'm just thinking because Nicole Kidman is also tall, and so they look very similar. But I yeah. think that Gina Davis has 
more gay energy, dare I say. I mean, look, she was in one of the queerest films of all time. Thelma and Louise. Oh, and Beetlejuice. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Gina Davis. I mean, we're going to cover and this her one. at least three times on this podcast. Yeah. Because we're definitely incredible. talking about both of those. Oh my God. You kidding me? Duh. Yeah. Beetlejuice, one of the horniest characters of all time. And Thelma and Louise, one of the most, most B-gay do crimes yeah. movies yes. ever. One of my favorite genres of film. God, I love that movie. Uh, so anyway, so... This is the sad part. Betty Spaghetti, you're crying. She's crying. I'm crying. Everyone's crying. This is when we meet Bill Pullman. I'm still crying. Yeah, we, which is why it is wild that he comes in. So Gina Davis is in like her hotel room or something. Yeah, crying and, because she's worried that her husband was is also him. dead. Yeah, but he just then like strolls in. Yeah. The, he look, got shot in the foot. I could not believe that it was him when he strolled in. I w- like no matter how many times I watched it, I always forget that it's he him. He gets the and Bill Pullman in the opening credits. That he snagged that and. The ca- the, I'm sure the billing this is fun. I mean, we already talked about it with Madonna, but like there's that's a lot the most of fun part is that it's Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna, Laurie Petty, Rosie O'Donnell. Which Ridiculous. excuse me, and then is it then and Bill Pullman? It, I mean, there's a bunch of other people, right, and like then at the very every end, every single person, it's and Bill Pullman. Ooh, fun, fun. So the two of them. Them, they reconnect and they decide to go home to have some babies as one does um sure it's the 40s yeah dotty and you know i actually like so basically everyone is trying to talk dotty out of going home and having babies mm-hmm. and she's really like i mean I, I want kids i want to settle down this is yeah. what i wanted for my life i didn't really want to be a to baseball play. player yeah. i'm just really good at it yeah well i mean that is the whole thing in the beginning she was like this wasn't my whole life like this wasn't a big part of my life like it was fun it was mm-hmm. a part but it wasn't all i cared about but you see how much she does care about it because you see how mm-hmm. bossy she is yes it's it's underneath the surface. She won't let it come out. Mm-hmm. And even at the World Series, when she could give up and be like, you know what, this is my last hurrah, but it's just the beginning of Kit's career. She doesn't. No. She tries to sabotage her as she should for her team. Right. It's so good. Um, what a fucking what a you know what, Brooke, this movie, it's pretty fucking good. It's so good. That's yeah, great. I I every time that I go to put it on, I'm like, well, this is the time where I'm gonna be like, all right. I've had enough of this movie. And every time... I cried five times. Do you know how many times I've seen this movie? It's crazy. More than five. Way more. It's probably in the, I don't know, 15 to 20 range. We watch it probably like once a year at some holiday. I love that. Yeah. That's an incredible insight. Mm -hmm. Um, So Bill Pullman shows up again. Bill Pullman, what a weird career. You want to do a Bill Pullman corner? No, I'm fine without. But I mean, it's like this... And then Sleepless, and then Independence Day. Bill Pullman is always showing up just to sort of be that the boyfriend that you leave or the boyfriend that is there. Yeah. You know, also, or the husband, rather. Can I just say that man has aged like fine wine? The I was looking at some modern Bill Pullman pictures and oh. I was like, oh. Bill Pullman okay. in the high note. Oh, right. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Beautiful hair in this. Yes. A lot of business going on. Uh, both the person that you leave and the person that you want to marry. Um, but yeah, so. He shows he up. He and Dottie basically leave for about, I don't know, Two 10 minutes. minutes. The only thing I would like to note here is that this is the scene when they're going to the World Series where these little kids come up and they're like, oh, Jimmy, can you sign my baseball? And he signs it. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. King. So fab. Love him. Uh, yep. But then, so she returns and basically Tom Hanks and her. Yeah, she returns in time for the World Series. Right. We all knew she As was coming casual. back. Obviously. It's even the scene where... Uh, Jimmy is trying to convince her to stay. You're like, all right, 
We all know no, that she's, she's going to stay. We can basically skip this part. Oh, yeah, 100%. But it's nice. He talks about how if baseball wasn't hard, everyone would do it, and the hard is what makes it great, and, you know, that's all well and good. She obviously comes back for the World Series. But here's the thing. It is – he is so spot on, and he it's one of those best baseball speeches. Like, the, give me a movie with a good baseball rousing speech, and I am on the floor crying. Yes. It is beautiful, and he is right because people think that baseball is not a hard sport – but here's the fucking T. Baseball is the hardest sport to play because hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in any sport. It's, sure. a, it's a literal like fact. Like They proved it. You're hitting a 90-mile-per-hour ball that is the smaller than the size of your fist with a thin piece of wood. I'm not going to speak out against Crazy. your your you know your defensive baseball. I totally support it. I don't you. even know why I'm defending it. I'm just like, he's so right. Baseball is hard, and it is a beautiful sport. It requires <laughs> a lot of versatility, too, much more than many other sports. I mean, if you want to say, you know, offense, defense, and something like basketball or hockey, but baseball, you really have to have at least two major, major skills that oh, are yeah. totally separate from each other. Yes, there we go. So Love to see it. Uh, and so then it's the World Series for about the entire third act. Yeah. I mean, look, we're not going to go through every single play that happens in the World Series. No, a couple are, of... Hey, Brooke, we are not giving up play-by-play. I like the announcer in this too, by the way. Great He's announcer. the one that says, hit the cream cheese out of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and a he's frozen just, rope. Yes. He's a really great classic baseball announcer. It is really good. Has the cadence down flat. He reminds me of the Red Sox guys you would hear on yes, the radio. Yes. Yeah. Um, a few of my favorite little moments from the mm-hmm. World Series is... Um, Dottie striding up to the plate and causing the racing pitcher to literally fall silent with her gay power. Love it. Um, and then, you know, cracking a ball into left field and supportive Bill Pullman in the stands going, that's my wife. It's so great. He turns to the person sitting the next to The visual that Brooke just gave during that was incredible. Yes. I was like rock starring it. Yes. Um, and yeah, I like Doris screaming at the sky that they're going to win. We're going to win. Yeah. We're going to win. Anything else that you'd like to mention before we get to the moment? It's literally just Tom Hanks saying they're going to win and then throwing uh, a a ball or a baseball mitt at the kid and knocking him out. Fuck so well. Good. For the record. Um, so yeah, so then it's the play. Yeah. So, um, basically Kit while pitching lets Dottie score on her and is really distraught about it. The game's tied up, inning switches, kits up to bat with Dottie catching. Dottie goes to the pitcher, Alan Sue, Miss Georgia, and says, high balls, she can't hit them, she can't stay away from them. As established in the op- like one of the opening scenes. Great, easy, simple setup payoff. Uh, Kit strikes two times but on the third time what happens a little whack of the ball she hits it and she basically rounds the bases for the winning run and ends up facing against a dotty at home plate they barreling down third smack into each other and the ball slips from dotty's hands and just like that rolls out her fingers our heroes lose heartbreaking Fabulous. but right again maybe this is my second gripe with the film the slow-mo shots don't hold up too well. But it's only like 20 seconds, it's, it's maybe. Less, even maybe less, but it's just like those three slow-mo shots in a row, and you're like, oof. But who cares? It's an emotional scene. The other team wins. The Peaches lose. I cry. Dottie looks super this is happy. Four. So this is, this is cry four. four. Cry okay. four. Cry four. Um, Dottie is really happy. She's smiling at Kit, even though everyone else on the Peaches is very Crushed. distraught. Um, 
racing lifts kit on their shoulders it's lovely it's beautiful jimmy i like his reaction because he and gina stand next to each other and they're both just kind of like all right yep that was it yep and then there is a lot of tying up plot threads. This movie oh goes so far out of their way to tie up Any every possible plot. thread. The only other scene I like to mention is Dottie and Kit have a little reconciliation in sort of the empty stands yeah. um, beneath the stadium. And uh, Dottie says that she loves her and she's proud of her. And Kit can't believe it. And Dottie says, well, yeah, how many sisters do you think I have? And I oh. cry. For the fifth, fifth time and final time. Beautiful. I didn't cry at uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame this time. Sometimes I do. So that would make it six. Yeah, but I wow. didn't this time. Why? Well, I mean, yeah. I but don't know. It is. I mean, like I read the Baseball Hall of Fame sequence is like very beautiful and it's really nice. And, you know, you see all the old gals get to see themselves in the Hall of Fame. As uh, they deserve. As they deserve. But it is just tying up every single loose end i wish that i wish for nothing more than a movie that is this wholesome and this sort of stuffed full of random shit but very small scale stuff Mm -hmm. to make 250 million domestic again i would love nothing more i cannot believe it made that much money i know like i miss this kind of wholesome family i miss this movie entertainment i miss this film yeah i would love for another gina davis vehicle like this yes yes there's no one like her though gina was one of a kind one of the greats Um, i'm really glad she scored this role there was a couple other people deborah winger was attached until very late in the process but then she got injured mm, and on set or i think it was maybe during training but also there was apparently some other issues she dropped out i don't know but they cast laurie petty with deborah winger in mind because they look very similar got it yeah gina davis and laurie petty do not do not look the same they have the same hair color so that's great gina davis looks like a 40s star like yeah, she she's just existed her in the golden age of Hollywood. She has those, that has those like amazing lips. She has mm-hmm. the great jawline, great Everything. eyebrows. When she's wearing that like bandana over her head. Yeah, oh her my backwards God. hat. Oh, Gina Davis. Yeah. Thirst corner. This is, just the, this is all for Gina Davis. Yeah. Um, anywho. Um, yeah. Is there any, there's like, that's pretty much the business of the film. That is the business of the film. And honestly, I think we got through all of the little little things that yeah. i wanted to mention obviously there's a ton of trivia for this there's movie so much along with penny marshall and rob reiner's daughter uh mm-hmm. penny marshall's brother gary marshall plays uh True. mr harvey she won christopher walken originally uh, but that didn't happen okay i mean gary marshall fine gary marshall more of a director i would assume right or yeah. I mean, actor and director writer yeah um but i think he's really fun in this and like i said i like his weird comedy energy that i don't really understand it's his giving a very specific energy yes yeah uh i don't know how i feel about it i'm like i could live with it or could live without it i'm just like you're the man who brought me valentine's day so i don't know how i feel about that oh god Never forget Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Are we going to cover that on the podcast? That film is so straight. So straight. The straightest possible film you could imagine. Ranking Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, or Mother's Day. Is there any queer storyline in any of the three? I've only seen Valentine's Day, and I regret it every day. There's like seven storylines in that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's all in the Love Actually camp, which we all know is hella straight. Right. Got it. Carrying forward from that, I guess, what is your queer 
takeaway from this? What's your what's your rankings, your queer yeah. quadrant, and your normal? So, um, personally, this is a five star film for me. I just don't think I'll ever really be able to look at this film too critically because mm-hmm. I just I love it so much. I grew up with it as a child. It totally. was very pivotal to many personal things. Very, very pivotal. Um, you know, it's 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 a movie that I can put on, and it really feels like a warm hug that's beautiful and it's so like i said it's so consistently engaging which i think is very hard to do especially for me i'm not really a big rewatcher of mm-hmm. movies so if there's a movie i've seen a lot of times it's it's pretty rare um i just i love it so much love, yeah I, I don't have anything bad to say um although on the queer quadrant i'm i'm gonna give it a three and a half out of five a lot of energy, a lot of kind of like you tried to control the gay, but you can't. Mm-hmm. It's just bursting through the seams of this movie. Yeah. There's just something about girls, girls, girls in uniform. playing ball. Yeah. Woof. Gets um, you going. But, you know, like we said, there's a lot of compulsory heterosexuality and especially considering the very queer history of the All-American Girls Baseball League. Yes. It feels a little more tone deaf now than it probably did in 92. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, still like great energy, great looks. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, no, I think I'm a four and a half for a rating on the personal scale. Four to a four and a half. One of the greatest of all time. Uh, I mean, you don't get a better baseball film. This like ticks off all the things you look for in a classic baseball film. Uh, on the queer quadrant, I would probably give it like a two and a half, I would say, mm-hmm. two or three. Right in the middle. Um, just because it, it there is a lot of subtext to it, less so within the material itself. I think a lot of it is for me carrying in the historical context, knowing that there were a lot of queer relationships in this baseball league that didn't get to be seen on screen. Yeah. Um, but I think it is knowing that, though, and looking at this, you do see the relationships and you are able to imply between these women how queer it was and how sort of this this league in general uh had that i guess like energy or whatever um but yeah no i think it is important to discuss i think uh i'm very interested to see what the tv show does me too i really hope that they lean into the underlying queer subtext Mm -hmm. more there's definitely a lot of stuff i mean if we want to talk women's sports movies we mentioned stick it we mentioned million dollar baby bend it like beckham there's there's a lot to discuss when it comes to women in sports a ton and i think that we'll continue to explore that i think on that the that, pod. oh i think those, that quadrant is gonna be so queer dude <laughs> got it do you want to guess the letterbox rating you know i would love to um okay so give it to me any hints at all no <laughs> um okay so I'm it's gonna on s- a scale of zero to five. five uh so i'm going to assume that this film was more loved than normal not more loved um more enjoyed mm-hmm. i was off last week right i don't remember i forget too um okay so i'm giving this movie a four and a half you're giving this movie a five yeah but i mean it's me no i know i know give me a three point eight feels way too high it's between seven and a six six final answer what's your final answer three seven six it's a three seven is it really yeah jordan's so sad god damn it 
You did good. I really you were so close. One. You were way closer than I thought. I thought you were gonna overrank it. I thought <sighs> you were gonna give like a four two. No, 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 no. Those are those are safe for the big boys. God damn it! Really that yeah. close? No, that's good. You should celebrate being close. Look, okay. I will. I'm gonna get to the point in this though. I think we should tell people. I do not. I we watch. I watch, but I do not rank until after this. Yeah, because specifically, I, so you don't. See so the I don't say. That is upsetting. I'm gonna get more. Yeah. Down the line. It'll be good. Um, any big final thoughts for you? Um, well, you know, I was looking at the box office. Like we said, it's so rare for a movie like this to, you know, rake in as much money as it did in 92. And I'm just looking for 11 weeks. This movie was in over 1500 theaters. Oh my just God. Killing it every single week. Okay. The first. Wow. Do you want to hear the percentage change week by week? Because this is crazy. I love to hear the percentage change week by week. All right. So obviously it went down a little bit every week. Sure. But went down by 15%, 21%, 20%, 26%, 22%, 9%, 29%, 24%. Went up 30% and then dropped like 50%. And it's 11th week. This movie... That is raking That's in so much money. Crazy good. I love you. Love to see just women making money. Yeah, just every week it would be ranked two, one, two, three, two. Like it was just wow, staying in the top. That's really cool. Oh, I really hope to see a very similar film to this one day. Probably not because the industry is over, but you know it's fine. Oh well. Uh, that is fun while it lasted. incredible. Wow. Yeah. I cannot believe it. it is really crazy to think that yeah. this movie made that much money. And, you know, just to speak to it, I think this really speaks to like people want to see women in sports. People want to see yes. entirely female driven movies. Like yes. this movie is entirely women and basically Tom Hanks. They like, there's just <laughs> there's so you, much. That is literally all you need. Yeah. And the proof of its success, I think just, you know, is a really really good reminder that yeah. this audience is out there and we want to see this kind of thing hell yeah yeah um, um should we talk about what we're covering next week rats we're shipping up to boston <laughs> i am so freaking excited yeah if this week was my week to you know be kind of crazy on the main feed the next week is Jordan's we are week. parking the cars we are going to the motherland. We're covering the departed. Woo! A hyper mask, possibly uh, hyper gay movie. I haven't so seen it in a minute. Queer. I'm excited to revisit it. This movie's it. got all you need. Leo, Matt, Mark, Alec, <laughs> Alec, Rats, Duncan. I'm fucking so happy. All right. I, this movie's one of the greatest films ever made. If Jordan dies on air next week, you you'll will know it was know by why. my hand. <laughs> uh, so that's what we're covering. Uh, to round it out, where should people follow us? You should follow us on Twitter. I am at Brooke B. Solomon. At Jordan H. Gus. And together we are at Queer Quadrant. Beautiful. Woohoo. You can also find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Five stars only. Yup. Just like this movie. Tweet at us. Tell us what you would like to see us cover. We want to know. We want your thoughts. What leagues would you like to see? Tell us about your gay awakenings. Oh, honestly, that is true. I feel like that is one of the big things. Like, we want to know what you guys... What <laughs> what, what made you realized you, yeah. as a child? There, are, It's a weird because, you know, there are a lot of those movies where it's like, oh, this was the one or this was the one. I feel like I have like 50. Dude, I know. And it's like you stack them all up and you realize. I was watching this movie probably about... 
at the same time that I was watching that 2000s Peter Pan, the live action one. No. Yeah, this was a real a real one no. for one Are situation. You me? Yeah, I loved that kid I hate that, that plays movie Peter Pan so much. I maybe I should revisit that one day. I have a feeling it would not hold up I, well. well. I can promise you it doesn't. I watched it with my former roommate three years ago, four years ago. Wow. It does not hold up. Okay, I might that might that be That means my next you're going to dive in. Speaking yeah. of gay awakenings. There it is. Um yeah. So yeah, rate, review, subscribe. And that's I guess, you know, would you want to leave the audience with anything? You know, sometimes you see Gina Davis in a baseball uniform and your entire life changes. <laughs>